welcome back to Prime Your Midlife. Today I've actually got a section of our latest AIM Mastermind session. This takes place on the fourth Wednesday of the month, and in the middle of that, the I stands for inspiration. And here is that inspiration slot that was delivered to the Masterclass members, and it's here for you for free. Enjoy, and if you want to listen to this in a proper room, please register details at the show. So that completes the accountability section of the AIM Mastermind session, which I remind you is a monthly session for you to come to a like-minded group of people to hold you accountable, have some inspiration, and then mastermind some content. And now we're going to talk about the inspiration part, which it falls to me to try to inspire all of you. And we've got a monthly topic each month throughout the year. But as it is the beginning of the year, clearly, it's all about what are we going to do? And I know we're three weeks into January, but according to Forbes magazine, by now, most people, if they did set a resolution, allegedly have forgotten it. But of the people that set a resolution and then stuck to it by the end of the year, which apparently is about 9%, they are 10 times more successful than all the people that did or didn't set a resolution. Fascinating in that context, really. So today's all about what I'm calling a little bit of quantum leap, and then also bolted into that because I have five mechanics of mindfulness, energy, nutrition, relationships, and sleep. Today, I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the fundamentals that I think is going to enable you to push through 2024 with a maximum amount of momentum in a way that keeps you driving the throttle hard without going into burnout. Because it's not about pushing, it's also about self-care that enables you to go fast. And the first principle, I'm going to talk about the bank account that always pays and equally the bank account that always takes away. So this is what we have in this bank account, 86,400, that's the currency in this account. And it pays every single day, literally 86,400 new dollops of currency every single day. In the chat, does anybody have any idea what that represents in terms of the currency that we get every single day that must be used? Anybody interested? Minutes. Minutes is not as close, but I'd love to have. Wouldn't that be amazing? 86,400. Absolutely. It's the seconds that we get every single day. One second past midnight tonight, tomorrow, we get 86,339 more seconds. And then as of 11.59 and 59 tonight, they've all gone. And it's really up to you as to how you employ your time to take best advantage of that. Knowing that at the other end of this, there's another bank account that only has 4,000 of these in it. And unlike the other account, this one is constantly depreciating. You never get them back again. Again, in the chat, does anybody have any thought as to what, on average, 
pays out 4,000 of those and we never get them back again. Well, a bit more thought on this one on the chat. We're making you think. I can see Simon scratching his chin. Any idea? 4,000 of these, according to Oliver Berkman, who wrote the book. No idea. There's a few. Yes, absolutely, Charles. It's weeks. On average, according to our lifespan, we have 4,000 of these to use, regrettably, before we're no longer part of this planet. But you never get them back again. And this is what I call the principle of B, C, and D. On the basis that B stands for birth, the D stands for death or demise. And between B and C, D, there is the letter C. And these represent the choices, the choices that you've got to make every single second of every single day, of every single week, of every single year. And I would ask you to think hard and uncomfortably about where you are right now. And are you making the right choices to make 2024 the year that you want it to be? You walked into this year with so much hope, ambition, excitement. And I want this year to be the one that pays for you. I want you to be sitting in that seat in 2025 and just going, I absolutely nailed it. I didn't lose a second. I used my weeks widely. And I can sit here confidently and say that it was my year of change. It was my quantum leap. This is what I call the quantum leap. This is where we are somewhere down here. And in order to get to this new point of change, this dream, this vision that we've got about ourselves, we've got to take a quantum leap. And that will be uncomfortable. It will be different. And you'll be asked to do things that are very hard. But that's what life's about. We're all about an evolution of a species. And back in our prehistoric times, we had no choice but to thrive by hunting for hours on end. We had no choice but to stay with the tribe. Otherwise, we'd be persecuted and alienated, left on our own. But today, sometimes we are so comfortably wrapped up in comfort that we forget sometimes we've got to look inwardly to achieve that quantum leap. And there's a book by Pink Pritchett and it's called U Squared. And he starts the book with this lovely story about the fly in his conservatory. And you know a fly, watch the fly and they're so stupid. All they do is literally fly at the window and hit the fly with its wings on the window, thinking this is the way out. This is the only methodology for escape. Yeah, even in this room now, I've got some Velux windows in the roof and I could guarantee there'll be a fly buzzing around up there hitting the window. Only to see that on the other side of the roof, there's another Velux window that's wide open. 
But because that fly, because you are so hell-bent on pursuing the same strategy that you've done time and time and time again, you can't break yourself away from the quantum leap strategy to see that open window, to see that other opportunity, to see another way to change. And this is my message to you for 2024, is that if it hasn't worked for the time that you've been trying so far, are you that fly that just carries on banging its head against the window? And what's the message to the fly eventually? Anybody that's come away from a holiday for a time, you'll see lots of dead flies on that windowsill. I don't want you to be that fly. I want you to be free. I want you to be flying. I want you to see that there's another way forward. And if this is uncomfortable, it's right to be uncomfortable because there's probably something within you that knows you haven't done those sales calls, that you've been a bit distracted. The time that it was raining outside, you just thought, I'll just curl up here and have a little bit of a water bottle moment with a nice cozy oval tea. But this is when you need to say to the mind, I will get out there no matter what, because this matters to me. And the times that I give in to my willpower is a moment where I'm literally giving up on myself. And the best proponent of this uncomfortable strategy that I know is David Goggins. I don't know if anybody's ever watched or listened to the man. But he had a fascinating interview this week with Andrew Huberman. And for the first time ever, I absolutely got it in terms of what Goggins is about. He has no carrot in his life. It's just a stick. All the time, it's a stick. And no matter how hard, no matter how difficult, he just says, I've got it. And what he's to say, can't hurt me, stay hard. And he has no time for people that want to sit and wait or sit and be comfortable. Because he understands that principle that we've got 86,400 seconds in a day, 4,000 weeks. And the choices that he makes every day is making him as purposeful as he can about B and D. And whilst you may not like the message, if you've heard it, if you've seen him and you think, man, that looks like a life that I wouldn't enjoy. He doesn't care what you think. And ladies and gentlemen, he is a multimillionaire. Doing things that we might find uncomfortable. Who's really laughing when people troll him, when people make sure that he looks like it's a life that they wouldn't want to lead? I wouldn't mind writing two books and having a multi-million pound opportunity and be up paid to speak to thousands of people for thousands of pounds. But am I prepared to do what he's done to get where he is? So that's kind of the message about what I wanted to talk about. And if I'm trying to get you to think differently about where you are, if it hasn't worked in the first three weeks of this year, don't let those three weeks become 33 weeks and be sitting here in October going, 
oh, well, there's always 2025. Because that's another year of missed opportunity. And the people are depending on you or you depending on yourself to have a sense of fulfillment. Sadly, the responsibility is on you to make that quantum leap. And if it's not working, the best thing you can do is to find something else, try something else, or ask for help. And that's where our final section of today's session is going to come from, where we're going to mastermind some tactics that could help you. Seven tips for this year that I'd love you to embrace. And remember, I always have five fundamentals, mindset, energy, nutrition, relationships, and sleep. I call them the men's R because I think they're very connected. But a lot of what I want you to really think about is how we consume and how we make choices around food and a little bit about exercise. So seven thoughts on this. First of all, this one, which is food is more than fuel. Most doctors, dietitians talk about calories in, which is needed to create energy for us to literally function. But food is so much more than that. And it's now scientifically proven that there's a direct correlation between our food and things like dementia, Alzheimer's, inflammation. It has a huge impact on your gut microbiome in terms of how that communicates. It puts you in sympathetic and parasympathetic state. And the food that you literally take a choice on every single day will impact on so much more than just your energy, just your fuel. It's not just your fuel, it's your whole ecosystem. And what you decide to put in has a direct impact on everything else. The second one is fat actually is now proven to be good for you. We went through this period in the 80s, 90s, where it was all fat is absolutely criminal. We can't have a high fat existence. Actually, your body needs fat in order for it to function and survive. But it has to have the right fats. And regrettably, a lot of the food that we now have is solely highly processed and stuff full of bad fats, highly processed fats, that we are thinking that fat is bad, but actually a good chunk of cheese with some butter and some cream, a nice steak with some fat on it, it's not bad fat. And we think back to our prehistoric days, well, they were consuming all kinds of things. They invented cheese, butter, cream, so that things could be preserved. But obesity has only been something that the human population has now come to terms with in the last 30 years due to high correlation of processed food and sugar. And low fat is not where you want to be. If you're going through the supermarket and seeing low fat, low fat, low fat, they probably had to do something with that food to make it low fat, and therefore it's not actually that good for you. With this in mind, tip number three is to eat more plants and vegetables. If you listen to the Zoe podcast or most professors on science microbiome, they're talking about 30 plant type foods per week. That's herbs, spices, nuts, pulses, seeds, fruits, vegetables, 30 per week. Sounds a lot. Just go back to you through your day to day and tot them up. One bowl of porridge for me 
can have 11 different types of ingredients in it with a bit of chia seeds, a bit of flax seeds baked in there, some fruits some vegetables, not vegetables in my porridge, but all those things in there. Sometimes I look at my bowl, my bowl and I've got 11 types of fruit and seeds in there. So eat more plants. I've already touched on it. Tip number four is to really avoid the ultra processed foods. You know what these are, hopefully. It's the packet stuff. It's the stuff that's got long shelf life. And it's normally least resembling food as you know it. And something in your gut, something in your brain will enable you to look at a plate of food and go, this is not good for me. Ultra processed foods are now being proven to have a direct link to some of the sinister diseases, the four silent horse killers of cancer, dementia, heart and stroke. And for the first time ever in our evolution, we are flatlining as a human race. Our age expectancy is no longer getting further. It's actually beginning to flatline. And that's what I talked about. B, D and C, the choices that you make will make the distance between birth and death longer or shorter based on the choices that we make today. Linked to all of this is the four Ks of fermented foods. Have more of these, which is kombucha, kimchi, kefir, and kraut, sauerkraut. They're fantastic for feeding the gut microbiome. The gut microbiome needs lots of plants and vegetables for it to thrive. But you've also got to put the good microbes in there to create a good ecosystem. And once you've got those boys and girls down there working well in the gut, lots of good things can happen. And remember, your gut communicates through the vagus nerve all of the really good chemicals that need to go to your brain, such as serotonin, cortisol, dopamine. When you say, I've got a funny feeling in my gut, it actually is true. Your gut feeds a lot of the thoughts that come to your brain and then are released into the brain, but they are formed from the gut. So if you've got a bad microbiome, it's actually affecting your ability to be cognitively fantastic. And linked to that in terms of the eating, I would really urge you to look at your eating window to try to have 10 hours on and 14 hours off. And this is the principle of fasting. I'm not saying intermittent fasting for 24, 48, 72 hours which people talk about. I'm not saying go on a juice fast. I'm just saying that there is science proven now that your gut needs to rest for 12 to 14 hours to get the full benefit of the good stuff that you've put in. And for me last year, I had a goal, which was to get to less than 80 kgs in terms of weight. And I wanted to hold it there. And when I got on the scales on Boxing Day, I was still 79.8 and I started to be 80 around about August time. So I've held it for four months. And as of today, I'm still at about 78.7. And for me, the biggest contributor to that from my perspective is to really being conscious about my eating window. So tonight I'm prepared. I have my food at six o'clock. I'm now not going to be eating again till tomorrow till at least past eight o'clock. 
And as long as you eat the right food and it hasn't got high sugar spikes, hasn't got a high carb content, you'll find yourself not being hungry. And you've got all that time for your gut to rest, to digest everything significantly well. And then tomorrow morning when you have your first food, think carefully about your first food. If your first food is bowl of Keller's cornflakes with some oat milk, you're setting yourself up for a fail straight from the get-go. Because the sugar spike comes straight in the gut. The sugar spike then goes into your insulin fat cell receptors because your body is saying, we've been hungry for a while, we need some energy. Here's some sugar. Wallop, let's put it back to our insulin fat cells because we never know when we're going to get our next meal again. It still thinks you're a prehistoric person looking for food. So ideally, your first food in the morning at breakfast time should be good fiber, good protein, low sugar. Example, egg omelet, avocados on toast, a good rye bread, wholemeal toast, or just pack it full of some fiber before maybe you have your, your oatmeal or your porridge. So if you are have, having an oatmeal porridge, maybe have some carrots before it, maybe have an avocado, maybe some fresh fruit, fruit in its whole form. By the way, fruit juice, such a bad thing. I would urge you to say, could you eat 12 apples, four blackberries, three bananas, two strawberries, one kiwi? Probably not. You could easily gulp down a whole innocent smoothie that professes to contain all the juice of those things. Once we pulverize pulp and juice fruit, all the fiber, all the pith, and all the bits that your gut needs in order for the sugar to not hit your gut wall have been taken out. The last thing I'm going to talk about before I get off my soapbox here is to really move and move outside as much as possible. And if you are senior in your ears, years such as myself, to make sure that you put as much resistance training into your week as possible. As we get older, we have muscle atrophy, which means that our muscles are less able to build and stay strong. And therefore, we have to take charge of our muscle generating system. So that's squats, that's lifting, that's press-ups, it's hanging, as in hanging from a bar, and just trying to build some resistance into your week. Walking maybe with a pack on, walking with some weights on, going to, for a walk and seeing some stairs and seeing a hill and thriving on the fact that you can use those big quads and the glutes in your muscle system. When you're older, imagine having to go to the toilet and not being able to squat just to sit on the toilet. Regrettably, that will happen unless we take active control of our muscle and our skeletal system. So move outside, get outside as much as you can, put all that natural light into your system because that's where the body is at its best. Lots of active movement and lots of resistance. That doesn't mean to say do 30 minutes and do nothing for the rest of the day. It means getting outside, being active and making sure we've got some resistance in. That's my little inspiration part today. I'd love you from this point just to say to yourself, 
lots of ideas there from Chris that I could employ. Which are the ones for me that really resonated? And when he said it, which is the ones that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable and said, yeah, I'm missing that. Yeah, I need to do more of that. Rather than going for the easy wins, remember we talked about going for the difficult choices, the uncomfortable feelings and the quantum leap that will make you the best version of yourself and be it your operating system prime to take this year by the scruff of the neck and absolutely nail it. Good luck. Thanks again for tuning in to Prime Your Midlife. If you've enjoyed this, please like or share the podcast or why not subscribe on your favorite media player. We'll be back next month on the fourth Wednesday of the month for the AIM session. And if you'd like to get involved in this session next time around, please email chris at mid-life.men. Whatever you're doing today, remember, one life, love life, living life.